Hi, this is Grant Herbert. I'm just an ordinary guy with an outstanding wife and five amazing kids who is on his own journey of imperfection. Welcome to this week's episode of The People Builder. Do you find it challenging to keep your impulses in check as you navigate your emotions? Or do you have proven strategies that you utilize that help you to stay calm under pressure? Hi, this is Grant Herbert, Emotional Intelligence Speaker and Trainer of the Year and Master Coach Trainer. And today I wanna continue our conversation as we enter this second quadrant of Emotional Intelligence self-management by talking about a foundational competency of behavioral self-control. Most people have things that push their buttons and then they react on impulse. It's like when you were young and you just decided that you were going to give that girl a kiss on the cheek and she was totally surprised and it didn't work out how you wanted it to work out. Or you abdicate control and give over the control of your behavior to this inner crazy person and it causes conflicts to escalate all the time. Last week we had a look at how the brain works as data comes in, as the prefrontal cortex does what it can to regulate the responses of the emotions that we experience. And I'm here to tell you that when we learn to control our behavior, to manage it in a way that successfully takes us to a logical outcome rather than an emotional reaction, we can have way more energy. We can be unflappable. We can act on logic and we can get much better results for ourselves for those people we interact with and for the greater good. Are you the person in your house that needs to have the remote control? So when you're watching TV, you can change channels or do what it is that you need to happen? Or do you allow other people to press your buttons for you? Exercising behavioral self-control is taking back the remote control. It's when buttons are pushed, being able to decide what outcome you want to happen, to manage not the emotion, but the response to it. And what I wanna do this week is I wanna take you through some key principles and then give you a strategy to help you to actually navigate even the most emotionally charged situations by exercising this thing called behavioral self-control. Behavioral self-control allows you to keep disruptive emotions in check, to be able to navigate them, allow them to take their course, and for you to be able to steer them in the direction by steering your thoughts and therefore your behavior so that you get the outcome that you really want. So let me take you through a five-step process that I teach my clients to be able to, when that initial emotion happens, navigate it and steer it down the path 
that gives you that outcome. Number one is name the emotion. You'll remember back when we were in self-awareness, we talked about the fact that there are at least 2,000 words in the English language alone to describe the emotion that you could be feeling right now. And in fact, you could be feeling more than one emotion at any one time. By labeling that emotion correctly, we're then going to be able to have a strategy for the right emotion. If we label it as something else, then we have a strategy for that emotion, then it's going to confuse the issue and we're not going to get the result we want. So the first thing we need to do is accurately assess in a logical way, what is the emotion I am feeling right now? Now, this may not be something that you do on a regular basis. It might be unfamiliar to you. So what I suggest that you do is over the next couple of weeks is just give yourself space in your day to stop and ask yourself that question. What, and that's the key using the logical word of what, what is the emotion I am feeling right now? When you come up with the first answer, challenge that and go, is it really that? Or is that what I just call emotions of any type around that particular area? Do I really feel angry or am I just frustrated? And get into the habit of being able to work out physiologically, what is that emotion that I am feeling right now? So that's step one, name the emotion. Number two is to audit your thoughts. I love the word audit. Remember last week we talked about the fact that whenever we go through a logical process, it lights up our neocortex. So if we want to make sure that our prefrontal cortex is in control and able to regulate the emotion successfully, whatever we can do to keep those neural pathways lit up, the better. That's why we ask what questions and how questions rather than why. When we do an audit, that's a logical process. So what we're doing is using what and how questions to audit and ask ourselves, what am I thinking right now? And as we go through that dialogue and work out exactly what we're thinking, we can see patterns and triggers that in that inner dialogue take us from that initial emotion to the poor behavior. What it also does is it gives us space to stop, to pause and to think rather than react. So we name the emotion by asking ourselves, what is the emotion I am feeling right now? And then what am I thinking? Remember the emotion is a physiological cue that depending on what meaning we put on it and what we think about determines how we feel and how we continue to think and the self-talk that we use in that inner dialogue determines where that emotion leads us to. So number two is to audit your thoughts. Number three, is to decide the outcome. When we actually decide where it is that we want to go, we've got a much better chance of getting there. 
If I set off on a journey and I just drive with no clear goal in sight, I'm not sure where I'm going to end up. And it's the same when we're navigating our emotions so that we can manage our behavior. So now that we've got our brain in a state that allows us to think logically, because we've asked ourselves, what is the emotion and what am I thinking? We can now ask ourselves the question, what do I want to happen here? Because we're not spiraling down in the emotion of it by asking why questions. We've got a state going on physiologically and emotionally that allows us to make good decisions. So we can decide, well, what do I want to happen here? And then we've got something to aim to. So the third step is decide the outcome. Number four, and this is a big one, is to control the sabotage. What is it that you do normally in situations that are emotionally charged? What is it that you say? What does your body language do that takes things down the path that you don't want to go? We all do things to sabotage our own results, whether that is a part of our personal power, our identity that wants to hold us back from getting good results and having favorable situations in our life or whether it's just learned behavior over a period of years, what are the things that you do to sabotage your results? Now, to do that, we've got to think internally. This is not what do others do, this is you. What do you do in these situations that when those buttons are pushed would normally take you to that unresourceful behavior? To do this, we ask another what question. What could I say or do right now that would stop me from getting to where I want to go? So we've just decided the destination. What we're now doing is making sure that we remove the roadblocks that would stop us from getting there by controlling what comes out of here and controlling what goes on in here. Then number five is to choose the strategy. So we've gone through a process of asking what questions. We know which emotion that we're going through. We know what we're thinking. We know where we want to go. We know what to avoid and what to do so that we can get to that destination. So now we're in a state to be able to employ a strategy that will get us there. So for me, that could be if I'm in traffic, that could be to pull over to the side of the road and take a break. If I'm in a situation with a particular person, it could be to remove myself from that situation until I've got myself ready to be able to go back and operate without the sabotage, whatever it is. So what is it for you that would help you to get to where it is that you want to go? It's really important, as I said, to name the emotion so that we can have a strategy that fits that emotion. 
over a period of time of repeating that strategy over and over again, we've now rewired our brain so that it will actually employ that strategy as we recognize that we're going through that emotion. So just like before, when you went from an initial thought to an unhealthy behavior, just like that, you can do the same with a resourceful behavior, with behavior that is going to give you a better result. It's going to be more conducive to have a lack of conflict and great relationships with the people around you. And it's better for you. It's better for your family, for your friends, for whoever it is. And you're able to control the response to the emotions that you go through. Well, that's it from me for another week. If you haven't yet got involved in the Emotional Intelligence Bootcamp, you can still sneak in there. At the time of recording, we've still got a couple of spaces left and we're about to start. If you're a coach and you're looking for another opportunity to help people and another revenue stream, then you can ask me about the Social and Emotional Intelligence Coach Certification. So join me again next week when we continue our conversation in this quadrant of self-management by talking about stress and how we can use our emotional intelligence to reduce and manage our stress. I'll see you then. Well, hey, did you like that? Did you get something out of that that you can use in your life right now? I really hope that you did. If you like this episode, why not share it on your social media and head over to my website, grantherbert.com, where you can register to join the conversation. So until next time, stay safe, enjoy being who it is that you were created to be without worrying what others expect you to be. I'll see you then.